Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of the Park Church Podcast. I'm your host, James Lapine. And in the year of 2018, we are uh, talking with church planners, uh, with campus ministers, and local nonprofit organizations, uh, folks with whom we partner financially, um, who are doing good work all over the country and the world. Uh, and so this month, we're talking with Chuck McElroy, who is the director of Campus Outreach here in Denver. He and his team came up about two years ago um, to get things rolling in Denver, to get a, a new chapter of uh, Campus Outreach started out here. Um, and so they partner with Park Church to serve on uh, on local campuses um, and to share the good news of Jesus with students who are there. Uh, I'll let him fill, fill in the details on what campuses they're working with and, and the kind of work that they do and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good conversation and, and a fun one with Chuck. This was actually only the second time that I've had somebody in person in my office to do the interview. The first one was, was with Mike Cosper, uh, and that was our, our first podcast ever, so over two years ago on that one. Um, and so it's, it's fun to be able to sit down face to face to someone, uh, but we did sit very closely together and talk into the same microphone and, and, uh, yeah, we had a good time. Um, so if you've ever wondered uh, who is campus outreach, what are they doing here? What, what are they all about? This podcast will answer those questions for you and you'll get to hear about the great work that they've been doing in Denver, uh, since coming two years ago. Uh, so without anything further to say, let's uh, get into this interview with Chuck. Chuck, welcome to the office. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, James. Uh, we always start off the show just by giving uh, or having folks give a, a little bit of context of who they are. And so for folks who don't know who Chuck McElroy is, uh, can you give us the three to five minute version of your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm originally from Tupelo, Mississippi. I grew up in the South. And uh, had a little bit of a church background, but really wasn't following Christ. And so when I went off to college, had an opportunity to play college football at a school in Missouri called Southeast Missouri State. And it was during that time in college, uh, largely as a result of the September 11th terrorist attacks, that I really began to take a serious look at Christianity for myself, not just because I'd been raised in the South and the Bible Belt, and that's what everybody did. Yeah. And so through that investigation, um, we came to faith my sophomore year in college, and there was a team chaplain who worked with Camp Outreach who began discipling me, investing in me, and I began to see just the need, uh, you know, especially on college campuses, of guys like me who weren't looking for a church, weren't looking for a campus ministry. Uh, I think when I got to Southeast Missouri State, out of uh, 100 guys on the football team, I don't know that there was a single Christian wow. on the team. Huh. And so I considered, you know, quitting football, uh, but stuck with it just because I saw the opportunity that it really was for to be a mission field. Um, I met my wife there. Uh, her name is Kristen. She's from Kansas City. Uh, she got to Southeast Missouri State to play volleyball and came to Christ her freshman year through Campus Outreach as well. Huh. Uh, so we married uh, after my senior year. Uh, she still had one more year of school, so I worked on a master's while she was finishing up, and then. Okay. Immediately after she graduated, we began working with Campus Outreach uh, out of the Memphis region uh, for five years in Arkansas and then six years in Memphis where I was the director for the Memphis region for about four years uh, before God called us to, to come to Denver and to start the Campus Outreach Denver region out here with Park. Wow. A couple of things I didn't know there. Um, well, first of all, what position did you play football? I was a tight end tight in end. college. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then... Uh, the terrorist attack, September 2001. Yeah. Uh, what about that prompted you to, to start looking into Christianity? 
Yeah, I think a couple of things. Um, I mean, for one, you know, I had a, a sweet mate who played with me who we didn't know if his sister, you know, got out of the towers. She worked wow. there. She did make it, but we didn't know that for three days. Uh, it just, it really made me start thinking about my purpose. Just, mm-hmm. I think up until that point, I was just living for myself to party, have a good time. I was going to do international business just because I wanted to make a ton of money and travel the world. And I started thinking about for the first time because of 9-11, just what is my greater purpose? There's got to be more to life than just making money and dying. And so I think that's what really kind of initiated that investigation into the scriptures for me for the first time. And what was it about Christianity that you thought, I, you know, I, this makes sense or I like this or I want to give my life to this? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I'd had a perception growing up in the Bible Belt that Christianity was just about your moral choices. Uh, I didn't really get the gospel. It was just nice people who didn't cuss or drink or smoke. And uh, it just seemed kind of a boring life. But I think when I really began to investigate, you know, coming across verses like Jeremiah 29 that talked about the plans God had for you, plans mm-hmm. to prosper and, and not to harm you. I wanted to know why God had created me, and I began to understand the only way I could do that was through a relationship with him. Mm, that's good. So you meet Kristen, and, and you all date throughout college. You graduate, get married. She has a year left. She's still playing volleyball? She was still playing volleyball, okay. yeah. And you're getting a master's in? I worked on an MBA for a year. Okay, and then said, yeah, I'm I th- good? Yeah, I kind of knew God was calling me into ministry, and so... Okay. Uh, didn't see the NBA serving, uh, being helpful at that point. So, uh, yeah, just went on and, and joined staff for Campus Outreach. Okay. Well, it's obvious you took some of the lessons from that NBA because you have good organizational <laughs> leadership. Um, so at that point, so you go on, on um, staff with Campus Outreach in Memphis doing campus ministry? Yes. That's at right. University of Memphis? No, the first campus I was at was Arkansas State University. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, we were in Jonesboro, Arkansas for five years uh, working primarily at that campus. Got it. So Jonesboro is close enough to be considered part of the Yeah, it was, it was part of the one of the campuses that made up the Memphis region. Got it. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's 45 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? it's not that far. Yeah. I don't know if listeners know this. I went to Arkansas State University, did my four years there, and got my degree in broadcast journalism. So Chuck and I's, I's paths crossed, actually, during those four years. I was there from 2006 to 2010. Um, and, and so when he and the crew came out here, it was a, it was a homecoming, or not a homecoming, a reunion of sorts, I guess. Um, okay, so you did five years there, is that what you said? Yeah, five years at Arkansas State, and then uh, moved to Memphis um, to kind of move into some leadership of the whole Memphis region. Okay. And so you did that six... Well, yeah, six. What's the timeline on it again? Sorry. Yeah, then we were in Memphis for six years. Six years. So eleven years total post college working in this yeah. in the South, mm-hmm. um, and then there's this call to Denver. Yeah. So I guess after about eleven years of doing this, was dealing with some burnout, and uh, we took a sabbatical in the advice of some friends in ministry, and got to spend most of the sabbatical out west and you know really was kind of wrestling with because of the burnout do we need to stay in ministry do we want to keep doing this but i think just you know being in the west especially a lot in san diego we began to see just the disparity between the amount of gospel presence in the west compared to the southeast and you know we were a part of a great church in memphis but we would drive past five other great churches on the way to church Mm -hmm. and just seeing the needs out here it really kind of God began to impress upon our hearts that that we could do something about it and so when we initially really began thinking about the possibility of coming out west there were several different cities that were possibilities 
Uh, but we did take a trip uh, out to Denver on the, the tail end of that. Uh, spent a few days in Denver at Park. Uh, looked at some of the campuses in the area. And it was kind of through that process that Denver began to emerge as the place that the Lord was really leading us. Cool. Um, the burnout piece, that's something that people in ministry experience all the time. Can you explain a little bit more what that looked like for y'all, how you think it was caused, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think uh, for us, you know, probably personally in my own sin, just tried to be Jesus too much, didn't recognize my own finite, you know, finiteness, my own weakness, my own, uh, you know, I think I thought it was out of a good desire to be the answer and to help people, but just did too much for too long mm. and, you know, could kind of see that my soul had withered and... Uh, my wife had dealt with some of that as well. And so when we finally started slowing down, I think we saw just how unhealthy probably some of our patterns mm-hmm. had become. Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful for some brothers that uh, really suggested and helped make that sabbatical possible. Mm-hmm. And then, and I don't want to get too personal. The, the sabbatical was a time of realizing your dependence on Jesus. I mean, what did that look like? Yeah, I think... Sorry, to clarify, to re-enter into ministry yes. coming out of the sabbatical, like how did you... Yeah. How did you get there? I think it, even since when I came to Christ my sophomore year in college, I was very purpose mission driven. I mean, that was part of what drew me to Christianity. And so I think I probably had developed an unhealthy view that, you know, God is pleased with me when I do things for him. And so it was uh, the sabbatical was unlearning some of that and just realizing that God loves me for being a son. And yeah. He delights over me, and I, I don't have to do ministry. I can, you know, he's he delights in all kinds of work. Yeah. And um, it, it brought a lot of freedom, but I think as I began to f- experience that freedom, began to see, you know what, I, I see the, the needs in the West for the gospel, and I still have a passion to see people come to know Christ, and mm-hmm. I want to engage in that. And so I think he, through that whole process, really um, did some healing for us, but also renewed our vision to see the loss come to knowing. Yeah. So, so when you start to feel the call to Denver, to the West, what does it look like in Memphis to, to pull a team together? How did that happen? Yeah, it definitely was a process. Um, I think when we felt that that's for sure the direction we wanted to go, and it seemed like from some conversations, initial conversations with Park, that uh, Park would have some interest in bringing campus outreach out here. Um, began to have conversations with some people I'd worked with in Memphis for the last several years um, just about that possibility and just kind of laying out the vision, the needs uh, in Denver in the front range and while we were going and just asked some people to come with us. And I think uh, everybody we initially asked committed to come. Wow. And so uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was just one of those affirmations that, okay, this is from you, Lord, because mm-hmm. the team came together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one trip to Denver from Memphis and you're in your soul, right? Yeah. That's the reason there are so many transplants here. Um, Okay, so you guys decide to do it, and then it's, when is it, June of 2016 that you get out here? Uh, May. May, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was about a nine-month process, just some conversations with the elders at the church that we were at in Memphis, the elders here at Park, some trips both ways. Um, And I think that was kind of neat, too, just seeing the affirmation from all the different um, bodies that had to approve Mm -hmm. us coming that everybody involved really did feel like this was from the Lord. And it was obviously a big risk for us to bring a team and um, 
and the Mets park was going through some things at the time. And so, uh, but just to see these different voices affirm, yeah, we do sense the Lord in this um, and to come, yeah, and then we got here in May of 16. And then you identified DU as a place to start, right? Yeah, the first two campuses we started with in August of 2016 was the University of Northern Colorado and then the University of Denver. Yeah. Those were the two initial campuses we put staff on full-time. And so there's a there's still a crew up in Greeley working mm-hmm. at, at uh, Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. And now you're at DU, Regis. Uh, well, we have full-time Mines. staff. Yeah, the Colorado School of Mines. Yeah. And we have worked some just part-time with Regis. And then just other students who, you know, come through the doors at Park. We try to, to help minister to them in any ways we can. A lot of CCU kids at, at, there uh, are, at yeah, Park. There are, there are a lot. But they've got a lot of programming going on already, I know. Um, so, so some people have done campus outreach at school before. Some people have done other campus ministries. Can you explain the model and, and how that integrates with the local church? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's sometimes where people, uh, they're unfamiliar with campus outreach because... Uh, campus outreach was, you know, born to be a church-based campus ministry that operated on the the campus a lot like traditional campus ministries like Crew or Navigators, um, but it was actually under the authority of the local church. And so we're not a parachurch ministry. Um, we all work for churches. So the the regional model is that there's actually different hub churches in the different cities mm-hmm. that take on full authority and ownership of the different campus outreach regions. And so our staff are essentially missionaries sent out to the, the different campuses. And we, yeah, we primarily try to focus on reaching um, the unengaged, the unchurched, to help them investigate the Bible and Christ. Uh, so that's where we spend a lot of our time and we do you know, help Christians grow, but primarily we're trying to, to focus on that, especially large demographic out here of those mm-hmm. who are unchurched and non-Christians. Mm-hmm. And your staff raises its own support. That's right, yeah. So we're, we're traditional, like crew and a lot of other ministries, and that our staff raise their own support. Uh, it's part of what makes it possible for you know, a church to hire 10 campus <laughs> ministers to do, go do the work of missionaries on these campuses. Right. Um, but yeah, they're primarily on the campus day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the reason for being joined with this local church is because when kids get out of college, you want them to be tethered to a local body and not just wondering what their next step is. Is that kind of the idea? There's, that's part of it. I okay. mean, I think part of it is just seeing that, you know, Christ's um, purpose and mission was for his kingdom to expand and the gospel to go out through the local church. And so having the authority to rest with the local church, I think, in, in this model removes some of the conflict of interest or at times maybe where local churches have felt tension with campus ministries mm-hmm. who are competing for students' time and attention. I think it, it keeps us more healthily rooted and under authority and leadership uh, where we're not doing our own thing. Um, I think also it, it does reflect and communicate to students uh, the importance of the church. Um, I think a lot of students do really well in, involved with their campus ministries in college, but if they don't ever understand or learn what it looks like to get involved with the church when they graduate, they really struggle. Um, and so that's part of even our discipleship process is, you know, after somebody's begun to follow Christ is moving them towards worship and even membership. Uh, but while they're still in college so that when they graduate, there's kind of that seamless, Oh, I've done this. I've been a part of a local church for the last couple of years. And, uh, when the campus ministry, you know, form goes away after graduation. Right. 
Um, so the first year here, I, I know that it felt, um, you described it as like tilling soil, doing mm-hmm. the hard work of like figuring out where the rocks are and, and uh, where you should plant and, and all this kind of work. Um, tell us maybe a little bit about the first year and then some of the some of the fruit that you've seen born in the second year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the first year was just trying to get staff moved here. You know, yeah, there were, yeah. some of them were just graduating college that we'd hired. So just getting the team here, you know, support raising can be quite a process. So getting everybody support raised. Uh, and then, you know, at a campus like DU, you just got to figure out where to park. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not simple. And so yeah. it's, it's more of an urban type campus. And, yep. And figuring out, uh, you know, how do we get permission to be on campus? And, and so it's a lot of kind of the uh, unsexy groundwork that doesn't really show a lot mm-hmm. that we did that first year. And then, you know, it felt like finally we got to the point where we started meeting some students and getting to actually engage them spiritually. But, yeah, it felt like it was just a whole lot of infrastructure type work for yeah. year one and, yeah. and just trying to, to break hard soil. Trying to figure out what you were figuring out. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And then year two, you've got you've got ten people here now, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Um, and so, and you're established on campus. You're meeting students. Tell us a little bit about. I know there've been just encouraging numbers in terms of conferences and summer projects and people coming to faith. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I felt like year two. Um, you know, two of the campuses it was our second year in Mines. It was our first year, so we just learned a lot of the lessons and where students hang out and mm-hmm. you know who we need to talk to to get a meeting room, stuff like that. And so it was more just working with students. Uh, some of them were some of the students who even came to faith this year were students that we built relationships with last year. Yeah. And so just having the time and, you know, opportunity to build deeper relationships and trust with them. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the Lord has really exceeded our expectations. I think we came in eyes wide open to just uh, the unchurched nature of most students and mm-hmm. That, you know, different than Memphis. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And just, you know, many of the evangelistic tools we might use um, assumed a lot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there had to be a lot more pre-evangelism, you know, with students here. That just takes time. So the process is longer. Uh, but I think over the course of this year, we've seen 19 students uh, profess faith in Christ. And the majority of those, you know, didn't have church backgrounds, didn't mm-hmm. come from church homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we, you know, we did a, a winter retreat into February and had over 80 students come out and, you know, very evangelistic guys who, you know, are hitting the bars on Friday night and show up on Saturday morning to hear the gospel. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what we want to do yeah. is, uh, is lead people to the truth of the gospel. And, but it's been encouraging too. I mean, even a couple of students who came to faith last year took that step to, uh, try to multiply their lives into reaching their friends or, mm-hmm. you know, a girl in her sorority started doing a sorority Bible study uh, and had 20 girls come out. So I think that's, that's our whole vision is to train up and equip leaders who then can multiply their lives. Um, and that's, and that's part of our whole vision statement it comes out of Matthew nine, that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And because the, the harvest is so plentiful, the answer is more laborers. Uh, and we can't just try to take on more, and so I think we're seeing the, the first fruits of hopefully that uh, for years to come at some of these campuses. Yeah, it's amazing. Love the work that, that God is doing through y'all. Um, for folks who are at Park Church or otherwise, I know they can go to codenver.org to learn more about your organization, but um, things that they can do and or pray about, just ways we can support y'all and be for y'all. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think prayer is one of the biggest things. Um, I, I don't 
I don't see us reaching hard places like DU without there being an army of people really praying for that yeah. campus. And yeah. so if, and I've met a number of people here who were impacted by their time involved with various campus ministries and have reached out. I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, I think if we could have 500 people praying for the college campuses, I would take it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think just to give you guys some context, there was a girl last year at DU uh, that one of our staff had gotten to know her and some of her friends. And after a night of partying and I think drug use, she either jumped out of the 10th floor of her dorm or fell out and was killed. And as tragic as that was, all of her friends and their grief and tragedy unchurched didn't know where to turn. And so they sought out a medium to try to reconnect with their dead friend. And so, you know, part of even I hope our vision is that, sure, maybe not all these people will come to faith, but at least they would know somebody to turn to who, you know, knows, can help them wrestle with the big questions in life because so many students we're meeting don't know that. And so I, I tell that story just because that's the context that we're, we're ministering in. And so I think for sure prayer, I know we've had people who, who volunteer to help with college lunches and stuff like that. So I think that's something we want to continue in the fall is really trying to welcome all college students who come through the doors at Park just by feeding them and using that as a connection point. Uh, so those are just a couple of ways right off the bat. Absolutely. That's great. And if you heard any of that ambient noise, we are at, at the Park Church offices and people can get loud in here, so sorry about that. Um, I typically do a couple of rapid-fire questions here at the end. Just okay. a couple of fun questions. The first one is iPhone or Android or something else? iPhone. Okay. Glad to hear that. A lot of people <laughs> on this show are, are iPhoners. Um, best meal that you've had recently? Best meal? Uh, probably Fogo de Chao. The Ooh, Brazilian yeah. steakhouse was there a couple of weeks ago. Downtown? Awesome. Yeah, downtown. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, best uh, TV show or movie that you've watched or book that you've read? Anything that you enjoyed lately? Lately? Uh, I saw the new Avengers movie, Fogo okay. War. Good movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Okay. Well done. Marvel does a good job. They always do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else do I have on the list? I don't have it in front of me now. Oh, what's the nerdiest thing that you enjoy that you kind of don't even want to tell me about? Nerdiest thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like to read a lot. I always <laughs> have a book. I, I go to the library weekly, so I don't know if that qualifies. But, um, yeah, maybe. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book on suffering. It's kind of a spiritual book and okay. then reading a David Baldacci novel just for fun. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and then, oh yeah. Last one is this. If you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would you put it and what would it say? Mm. Man, that's a question I've never considered. Uh, maybe, uh, I have no idea. How have other people answered this question? This would, you so put in, would you put it in Tupelo, Mississippi and say, you're not, uh, being a Christian is more than, than not just uh, refraining from alcohol and tobacco? You know, my first thought was to go more towards supporting a favorite sports team. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, my dad played football at Mississippi State, so I grew up a, uh, a big Mississippi State fan. So yep. maybe Oxford, Mississippi, putting a giant hell state, uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> Uh, billboard in yeah. Oxford, Mississippi. That, yeah, that might there you be go. the way to go. Maybe putting Dak's picture on there. Yeah, Dak Prescott, that's right. Dak, great, former, great uh, alum. Former Mississippi State great, now yeah. Dallas Cowboy. That's right. Um, okay, good. Anything else that you want to share with the, with the audience? No, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, don't know who all is listening to this, but I think 
you know, just the opportunity uh, with the college campuses here. I think when we did the research to come out, there's like 160,000 college students within an hour and a half of Denver. Wow. You just think about the the future leaders and all aspects of our society. Um, the campus, the college campus, is such a strategic uh, mission field. You know, and as we talk about seeing disciples raised up in our city, just could be a key part of that. But like I said, I think our our staff are overwhelmed every day at just how plentiful the harvest is. And so, if if you if seriously, if nothing else, if you guys would just pray that prayer from Matthew nine that God would raise up laborers both for the campus and from the campus, and I think. Uh, part of that answer prayer could be laborers raised up from the campuses for the city and for the front range. And, you know, as we dream, this is a, it's a vision that's probably, you know, a 10 to 20 year vision, but hopefully we're just laying some of that groundwork for the future now. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate yeah, it. Great to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks, James. Okay, that'll do it for our interview with Chuck McElroy. He is, again, the director of Campus Outreach Denver. You can learn more about what they're doing at codenver.org. And do be praying for them and their staff and the work that they're doing uh, on the campuses nearby. Um, As Chuck said, uh, it's a great opportunity um, to to call more and more people uh, into this family, into uh, God's family that uh, he's made possible um, uh, by the blood of Jesus. And so... Uh, we want more and more people uh, to know that. Um, and so, yeah, we're grateful for the work that they're doing here and, and would ask that you pray for them and thank them uh, when you see them. They're doing great work. Like he said, it's not uh, it's not better work than, than work that other people are doing, um, not by any means. Um, but it is cool to get to hear about, to hear stories of people coming to faith and, and college kids' lives being, being changed. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, post it on Twitter, do what you do, uh, and maybe leave us a review there in iTunes. That'll help other people find the show. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, yeah. If you you have any feedback or if you have someone you want me to interview or if you just want to drop me an encouraging note, you can always do that at james at parkchurchdenver.org. Love hearing from you guys. Um, And so, yeah, thanks for listening to the show, and we will see you next month with another interview. Take care.